What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the program. When we talk about cartels and criminal organizations, especially the bigger ones and more successful ones, a lot of times I say that these guys are as intelligent and as shrewd as the biggest businessmen or women in the whole entire world. And there's no doubt about that. These guys that take over at the very top of these organizations, they have the same kind of business skills as people who are running Apple or Tesla or any other huge company. Now, I'm not saying that they have the schooling, right? Of course, that's not the case. But what I'm saying is they have the business sense. And if they would have focused their street dealing and their street activity into, say, the classroom, these guys could have become some of the biggest CEOs of Fortune 500 businesses. And I am 100% convinced of that. You don't build an organization like Sinaloa Cartel into what it is unless you are somebody who has a grasp on how business works, on how capitalism works especially. Because let's not cut corners here. These drug dealers, these narco-traffickers, are capitalists, through and through. And these guys understand how business works, and they understand how all of the levers need to be pulled. And it's no different than a hotshot CEO sitting in his office in some place in New York City. Today, we have an article from Yahoo Finance talking about this very thing. Headline? Criminals like El Chapo embody the underground equivalent of successful executives. This article was authored by Dylan Kroll. Most people likely see drug kingpins solely as career criminals. And they are career criminals, right? And I'm, I'm not trying to put any varnish on these guys. I'm not trying to flare their tires or anything like that. They're straight up thugs, animals, killers, and a whole lot of other things. But we also have to live in reality and understand that they're very, very intelligent. And for the most part, these are people who really understand what's what. But they're also business people, says best-selling author Patrick Radden Keith. In a recent interview with Yahoo Finance editor-in-chief Andy Serwer, the New York staff writer explained that while such lawbreakers often commit horrific crimes... They often use the same skills as business executives to manage their empires. And there is such a comparison when you're looking at how somebody who's running a huge company is conducting themselves, the business end of it, and then you look at how uh, uh, the leader of a drug organization is running things. They have to have, you know, their fingers in How many pies to make sure shit's running correctly, to make sure they're not getting robbed, to make sure everything's going to market, to make sure they have the right partners, to make sure the right people are paid off. See where I'm going with this? There's a lot that goes on and you have a whole entire structure underneath you, just like a CEO. 
Keith recently released a new book called Rogues, True Stories of Grifters, Killers, Rebels, and Crooks, which includes several stories about criminals who managed profitable organizations. For instance, Keith tells the story of Willem Holadier, a Dutch gangster who ran an extortion ring, and Manzer El Kasser, also known as the Prince of Marbella, an international arms dealer connected to the Iran-Contra scandal. So look, these are the kind of guys that are a cut above the rest, right? A cut above the average thug. A cut above the average stick-up kid. These are the guys that end up taking over crews or becoming a plaza boss. And from there, you know, they work their way up, usually in bloody violent fashion. And before you know it, if they're the smart guy, they're the guy who understands the business end of it, and they bring enough violence with them, they end up becoming the boss, right? How do you think El Chapo got there? The book also features a portrait of El Chapo, the incarcerated former leader of the international Sinaloa cartel. Keefe says El Chapo exemplifies the businessman-criminal duality, and there is no doubt about that. I am not a huge fan of El Chapo. No, we, we've uh, pretty much made that clear. I'm not a big fan of any of these narco-traffickers who are making the life of every average day people in Mexico and elsewhere difficult. I am not a fan of that. My people, as I have said a million times, are the working class around the world, not just in America. Around the world. And when I say working class, I don't mean hand to mouth. I'm talking about all of us who are looked down upon by these scumbag robber barons that we have elected and chosen to lord over us. They all look at us as the working class. What do you think? You're invited to their party because you're making a few hundred grand a year? Sorry, pal. The invitation has been denied. We're not part of their crew. We're disposable. You know when they talk about population in, uh, control and shit? <laughs> they, they mean all of you. Even those of you who are sitting on Twitter carrying water for them. You have people like El Chapo Guzman, who I think we normally think of as just a murderous criminal. And he certainly was those things, Keefe told Yahoo Finance. But I was interested in him as a businessman, as a guy who was effectively the CEO of a multi-billion dollar transnational commodities enterprise and managed to run this big, clandestine, illegal, global smuggling business for decades until he was caught. And again, look, El Chapo is not a Rhodes Scholar, right? He's not a uh, Mensa candidate, but he had business acumen and he understood how his business worked, just like any good CEO. And he took that knowledge and he applied it to what was going on on the ground, to make sure everything was running in the proper manner, to make sure enough loads were being shipped, and to have the right relationships with people, not only in Mexico and America, but elsewhere, so the business could keep expanding. And every time they opened up a new plaza somewhere else, every time they got a new person on the street in another country or city, it's just like a franchisee at McDonald's, right? Before being apprehended in 2016, El Chapo ran the Sinaloa Cartel, an international enterprise that traffics in substances like cocaine and heroin. A lot more than that, methamphetamine, fentanyl, people, avocados, wildlife, you name it. If there's money to be made, you can guarantee that somebody from Sinaloa is about to show up. 
The year before he was arrested, the Sinaloa cartel was the biggest supplier of drugs to the United States, according to the DEA. That is a fact. And they still are. We all know about all of the warehouses that are built, the laboratories that are built, how everything is being brought in from China, precursor chemicals, and then they're being whipped up in these labs, these super labs that would make Walter White wheat. And then all of that product getting dumped into America. What do you think? Just some low-level street thug came up with these plans? Of course not. It was some businessman, some shrewd businessman, who happens to be a killer as well. Keefe wrote about the Sinaloa cartel in a New York Times magazine cover story in 2012. He said he initially pitched the publication by saying that he wanted to write a Harvard Business School case study of a Mexican drug cartel. Keefe says the story set him on the path of assessing criminal gangs as businesses. That's a, that's a really interesting study, and I'm going to have to go back and read that article. I haven't read it yet, but I always made the comparison ever since I was younger about how these drug dealers, these high-level narco traffickers, are just like high-end businessmen. It's no different, except these guys show up to work with a Tommy gun, right? Hello. We think of them primarily as a criminal gang. They think of themselves as this big commodities business, Keefe said. How do they invest their proceeds? How do they move them? Keefe said, what do you do when you can't resort to the courts in order to resolve disputes with business rivals or partners? And all of those questions have always been really intriguing to me. And me as well. Look, there is a huge, huge, huge issue when it comes to these cartels and them moving in on what you would call traditional businesses of Mexico. Avocados, wildlife, limes, any sort of product that you can grow or build or cultivate, the cartels are going to get in on it because they want to make more money. They want to diversify. Who does that sound like? Any Wall Street bank, right? And you can expect to keep seeing this from the cartels as we move forward. They understand what they're doing. And it's not just the cartels. It's, it's criminal organizations worldwide. Everybody wants to move towards being legit or at least having that cover so that your criminal operations can keep moving in the shadows. And when you're a great businessman, on top of being a murderous savage in a world such as this, well, there is no telling just how far you're going to climb that ladder. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this episode. If you'd like to contact me, you can do that at bobbycapucci at protonmail.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-C-A-P-U-C-C-I at protonmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at B-O-B-B-Y underscore C-A-P-U-C-C-I. The link that I discussed can be found in the description box. All right. Are you struggling?